I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at KindFarmsInc, all one word. That's K-I-N-D-P-H-A-R-M-S-I-N-C. And their website is KindFarmsInc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is RYAN10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have actress and director Castile Landon. I had something so unfortunate happen during our interview. My internet service provider has been very unreliable lately, and halfway through this interview, the recording cut out, and I've not been able to recover the files, so we had to pick up for the final 20 minutes, and Castile was such a pro, and I'm so grateful. She's an amazing filmmaker. She started out very young in Florida, decided to move to LA to pursue acting, and while she was there, discovered she was more interested in directing. We're here today to talk about her movie, Fear of Rain, with Harry Connick Jr. and Katherine Heigl. And Fear of Rain is available on demand. Now, everywhere you rent or buy movies and playing in select theaters, Castile, I'm grateful for your time. You're the best. Here it is. Castile Landon, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm just laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I, 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 I saw your movie Fear of Rain and it was really awesome. And I'd, I'd love to dig into that if we if, if, if you'd be willing to start there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. So talk to me about this project. How, you know, I know you're a filmmaker and actress and you've done some other films and you seems like objectively from what it looks like you built your way up and then you had this. It looks like a bigger film than your other ones. I don't know, you know, the finances, but obviously getting Harry Connick Jr. and Catherine Heigl is a, a coup. And so yeah. congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah. It was, um, it was a labor of love getting it to the screen, but uh, it's like the first one that I've really felt kind of like it's my heart film. Um, so being able to make it has been really, really rewarding. Um, and it is, I think, kind of a actor's movie. Um, like I, I like to be kind of an actor's director because I have a background in acting. Yeah. Um, and so for me, whenever I'm writing, it always starts with character um, and kind of like putting myself into uh, 
the headspace of the protagonist. So I am usually writing about uh, young female protagonists um, who are going through something sort of tumultuous. That's kind of, I guess, my brand, like not necessarily tied to a genre or anything, um, more so tied to the characters, I think. So um, Fear of Rain was kind of, it began that way, right? Like, uh, I, I knew I wanted to tell a story about a young woman going through um, mental illness and, and what that does to the rest of the relationships in yeah. her life and how she sees the world. I wanted to put the viewer in her headspace. Um, and I chose schizophrenia because I think it's um, the most stigmatized and the most misunderstood uh, mental illness. And so I wanted to tackle that. Do you, uh, do you have, you know, and forgive me if this is too personal, but do you have any friends or family with personal experience with that or? Yeah, it's uh, very close to home. Um, and I have a lot of the women in my family, like over the generations have uh, experienced mental illness. It's kind of like been passed down. Yeah. Um, so it's something that I've always been really interested in exploring on a research level and like just getting to know more about, um, what it does and, and kind of like, I am very much an academic at heart. So I like to learn. So to me, like I have this kind of greater interest in like sharing knowledge, um, through film, but I think things like for me to be interested enough to write something to begin with it has to be something that I want to explore for my own sake as well yeah Um, yeah and so this was a passion project of yours talk to me about the journey from conception like was that you know a really long time from the time you at least had a first draft to the day of of day one of shooting yeah, it, it really was. It was um, unlike the previous movies that I had done, which were both, I mean, it took me like under a year for both of them, for each of them um, to get it financed, written and uh, edited. Um, this one was, it was a lot of work and a lot of rejection and heartbreak for me i'm so um, sorry oh yeah, it's okay I mean, true artist yeah it makes the better story uh, i mean I've, i constantly am reading things about like films that take eight years 10 years 15 years to get yeah. made so i guess i, I just had that. queen's gambit uh thomas brody sangster yeah. and that was a 15 year endeavor to get queen's gambit made yeah exactly so i guess i can't complain too much because it took me uh about three years from actually writing the first draft and that doesn't count I guess like a year or two where I was bouncing around ideas in my head before I actually sit down and write um especially something like that I like with mental illness I wanted it to be an accurate portrayal so it took a long time in the research phase too but just in trying to like you know pitch it uh to producers I think from when I started that to when we actually got to make the movie, it took about three years. And and when it was in the development phase, were you, you know, while it was struggling to get made, were you working on other projects or was your entire focus in fear of rain? Um, I was writing stuff on the side um, and I was paying bills by um, 
like rewriting things for people um, and taking on writing assignments. Um, so I, yeah, I was doing other stuff, but nothing that was, uh, and I was acting in a couple things, um, but nothing that was like a heart project for me, the way that Fairbrain was. Got it. And at that time you didn't have any interest in acting because you wanted this to get made. No, I, I mean, I was, I was doing little roles. It's just that I, that wasn't my main priority. Uh Um, I decided shortly after I directed my first film that I, wasn't going to make acting my main priority anymore yeah. because it wasn't the best thing for me anymore. Interesting. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, was, you know, these characters are, are, are so well cast with obviously a lot of iconic actors was, was Harry and, and Catherine, were they in your mind when you were writing this or did? Um, I think that came later. I think once we started actually thinking of, I, I don't necessarily know that I wrote everyone, um, with anyone in mind. I mean, Rain is definitely like, I, I never intended to play her, but I like, she's my voice. You know, I kind of wrote her as me, even though I had no intention of playing her. Um, The dad I actually wrote with Jim Carrey in mind. No way. I could see that. I write everything for Jim Carrey and one day he'll actually do one of my movies. Has (laughs) Has he been a big influence for you? For a long time? Um, yeah, and not necessarily his comedic stuff, but I just am fascinated by him as a human um, and like what he's done throughout his career. I, I've always had a soft spot for him. Interesting. He's always been able to balance comedy and drama, which is so hard to do. You know? I love, I love, love, love. I mean, I mostly make dramatic films, and I love putting comedic actors in, in dramatic roles. And I love seeing movies what, that do that. You yeah. know, I, I really enjoy like Jim Carrey in a drama is so, or Will Ferrell in a drama or really, honestly, any comedian <laughs> in a drama I'm into. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear about the production process. So once you finally got the money to make it, you know, what made you choose Florida? Um, the financiers were based in Florida. Um, oh, awesome. So they, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm from Florida. Um, so we, we went back like basically to my hometown to film it. Um, but the financiers really wanted to show showcase, you know, what, what Tampa and St. Pete have to offer. And they do have a lot to offer. And I did make, um, I've made films in Tampa and St. Pete a lot throughout my yeah. career um and things so, like the florida project really kind of helped the the florida movement get back up and going right you know because i know yeah which was, is basically my whole crew um, oh amazing yeah and my my one of my very close friends uh and producing uh producers produced that so um and my mom also was part of that so yeah amazing very close to home <laughs> That's amazing. Do you, do you, Sean Baker, someone you enjoy their work? Um, I, I enjoyed the Florida project. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. And then talk to me about, you know, getting Harry and, and Catherine day one on this thing. I mean, is it, is it everything you dream of to have written this thing and then finally be on there on, on day one of shooting this thing? Or do you feel like yeah. you're kind of running with your head cut off trying to 
balance everything. Oh, from- no, I was super ready. I mean, it took so long that I, and that was really a blessing as well, because like I knew exactly what I wanted to make. Um, cause I'd sat with it for so long. Um, but I, I will say, you know, as, as a filmmaker, I much prefer, you know, as much as I hate, hated auditioning when I was, was doing that, I love being able to audition actors. Um, yeah, it is because, such a beautiful thing to experience. Yeah. And to see like Maddie come into the room, she just blew us all away. I mean, it was unanimous. As soon as she came in, it was, she was, she just nailed it. Was this um, before Jumanji? Uh, I think it was after Jumanji, but I hadn't seen Jumanji. Um, and I had no real expectations. I mean, she still was relatively unknown at the time. Yeah. Um, so I had no idea that she was just going to come in and, and do the kind of performance that she did just in the audition room. Um, and that I, I felt really secure with that because this whole movie hinges on her and kind yeah. of is on her shoulders. Um, but like Harry, I wasn't sure entirely because the last thing he'd done was, was Dolphin Tale, which is yeah. a very different film and he did a great job in it. But um, it, it had been quite a while since I had seen him do a, a really intense performance. Um, and so you never know what you're yeah. going to get because you so don't get to audition actors like that. Like yeah. they just show you make offers and then they show up. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until the first day that I think was the, the biggest question in my mind is like, oh, is that going to work? Um, yeah. And our, I remember so distinctly our very first fil- first scene filming um, was a pretty intense scene between the two of them, Maddie and Harry. And as soon as we like the first take was just beautiful. And I was like, you can relax. <laughs> Breathe the sigh of relief. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, it was great. That's amazing. And and shooting that movie, you know, I imagine having those characters so close to you, is it hard letting others do their interpretation of them? Or are you there to kind of guide them and to meet yours? Or I'm curious how that works for you mm-hmm. as a filmmaker. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I do have a really strong idea of the way that uh, lines are, are, are supposed to be said. Um, but at the same time, I think with, with these actors that are in fear of rain, um, almost, almost invariably, if they did something that was different than the way that it was in my head, it was because it was better than I could have possibly imagined. Um, which I think is, you know, the goal for actors yeah. is to kind of elevate the text. Um, and, and that really is like when you are acting kind of the only way to look at things is like, even if it's not your favorite material, um, which I think in this case it was for them, but I'm just speaking in generalities, um, looking at it in a way of like, how can I bring the best version of this to life? you know? Yeah. Um, and, and they certainly did. And they, they delivered amazing performances with, with the material, all of them, um, Israel and Katie and Harry and Maddie and Eugenie. Yeah. 
That's amazing. And I'm curious now, you know, do you, what, what's in store for you next? Do you have some th- ideas percolating? What, talk to me. Yeah, I just directed two movies. Um, Can you tell I, us yeah. a little bit about them, if that's okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I directed the third and fourth installments of the After franchise. Okay. Um, which is a young adult romance. Um, Where can people find, find that film? Um, well, I'm in post on them now. The, oh, I mean, the, the first two. I'm sorry. I meant to say. Oh, the first two. Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I think probably somewhere online. Uh, they were on Netflix for a while. I'm not okay. sure if they still are. Got it. Um, but I came in to direct the third and fourth and kind of shake things up, hopefully. Um, and then I, so I'm finishing those up. And then I am writing two other scripts for a company. And then I've got two that I am that are just like independent ones that I'm doing that I'm really excited for. Yeah. That's why I'd I'd love to ask you because, you know, in America right now, not America, the world, I would say, you know, we've kind of seen, it's been really brutal that the death of independent cinema and as all these, you know, I mean, I think they're horrible Marvel movies and, you know, intellectual property, you know, franchises have mm-hmm. taken the dominant threshold and have really kind of crushed the the smaller and the, even the middleman, I would say. Mm-hmm. And do you find it, you know, is it harder for you with, you know, even let's say under 5 million to get, to get a movie made? Because I feel like all these studios now, they'd rather make a $150 million movie and make a billion versus, you know, a 5 million and make maybe 30, you know, is it, is that, how have you navigated that? Yeah, I mean, I think that is definitely the case. Um, And I've been really lucky in that I have great producers who have been able to find sources of financing and then successfully sell movies to studios. um, Because I think that there's a need for that. Yeah, of course. You know, the studios, the advantage of independent film is that the studios can't make films for or a certain price point like independent uh, producers can. So that's nice because, you know, they need that content. They can't only make um, like, they, like a Netflix needs so much content. Yeah. That Which has kind of picked up the rates a little content. bit. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that what happens is people just find ways to be innovative. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there are a lot of, outlets i mean they just saw yesterday that like um youtubers are now being uh invited to sag which um, i yeah i it's painful <laughs> for me to even i uh, oh god i don't I, even get me started on that <laughs> i know yeah but, but like you know you gotta make a living and like if you're a content creator you know that that i think is a step in the right direction for those people um where other opportunities have possibly dried up. So um, I don't know. I think that there's always going to be independent film. And I think that there's always going to be the big studio guys. And, um, you know, it it is a challenge to get financing, but I think that just means you, we have to raise the bar. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, what advice would you have for any filmmakers out there or budding filmmakers, you know, what, what any words of wisdom for them? Yeah, I mean, I I think to me, writing outside of just film and television, 
uh, as in like not focusing on the industry or telling stories about the industry, yeah. uh, like basically bringing your knowledge base to film. So if you're a car mechanic, I want to know that story. If you're a, like, there's a real movement towards these like pseudo documentary, pseudo memoir kind of stories. And I think that there's a temptation to wrap your entire existence up into, I want to be a filmmaker and I need that and letting everything else fall by the wayside. Yeah. And to me, like, if you're paying your bills by being a barista or bagging groceries or whatever it is you're doing, maybe you're a nurse or whatever, like write about that stuff. That's interesting. And don't let that kind of be something that is, I don't know, like either derails things or or something that you think of as like a negative because as a shame, you know, exactly. I think that that is, there's a real market for that. I think people want to see real movies, exactly what you said. Like we don't only want to watch superhero movies. We want to watch the everyday guy go through and experience uh, and overcome adversity. Um, So I think telling stories that resonate with you and not, you know, kind of holding up this pretense or whatever. Um, and then also just like make your movie, yeah. you know, like don't like, I think there's also a lot of, well, I'll be happy once I get this going and just kind of like put like putting things off. Yeah. And it's like, no, just go ahead. Like we all have this, right? Totally. So make your movie, make some version of it, get into a, you know, get your short film into a festival. Like at this point, there's not really a a barrier to entry, at least on a small level. There is when you're trying to make a living at it. But if you're, if you're a passionate filmmaker, you don't need to make your living at it because theoretically you should, you know, get your joy out of making films and nothing's keeping you from doing that. Totally. And I got to ask, you know, what's keeping you inspired during these crazy times? You know, everyone is, is pretty down and out about so many, you know, I mean, there's no shortage of news that's bad. So what has been keeping you buoyed during this? Well, I actually don't watch the news at all. So Smart move. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get like little highlights from, you know, that I see sometimes, but uh I like investigative journalism, like uh, Vox, but I try to stay away from the kind of headlines because I think everything is shaped with an agenda and I'm not really into that. Um, So that helps. Um, And I um, honestly, the pandemic has really been good to me. So I just try to keep sight of that and keep, keep an awareness of what it does, what it's, you know, the, the, catastrophe it has been for so many people and and be empathetic and understanding of that but I've actually it's been helpful to me because I was able to kind of seize opportunities that other people didn't want to take during the pandemic um and help kind of build on that so it's beautiful I love that yeah it's been nice for me and I think that honestly keeping if it's possible to keep a positive outlook on things like that's always helpful for me because it's so easy. I, I skew towards pessimism, let's say. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So if I try not to 
let things get to me too much. And I know that's a lot easier said than done, but I, I mean, I think a lot of artists probably experience depression and anxiety. And so dwelling on that certainly hasn't been something that has helped me whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was it, did, did you shoot those films during COVID? Yeah. Which wow. was a huge challenge. Um, but that's why I was able to get the opportunity because, you know, nobody it, would rise to the occasion. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there were some, there were, yeah. it would have been people, but like, yeah, who wants to go to uproot their life for five months to go to Bulgaria to shoot uh, movies back to back and like we couldn't leave the hotels ever. Wow. And there was, you know, there, there were a lot of challenges. Um, Congratulations and, for pulling that off. That's that's amazing. You should be yeah. really proud of that. I am. So yeah. that's why I'm I'm doing well. And I hope that, um, you know, I hope that the world gets back to whatever normal is going to be after this so that we can all make films and and prosper. Amazing. Well, well Fear of Rain, where, where can everyone see it? it it's on... Uh, it, uh, it's in theaters right now and it will be, it is currently on um, anywhere you can buy or rent movies. Awesome. Apple so like Apple theater. store, Amazon. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Cassio, it was such a pleasure having you on and I'd love to do this again. Yes, um, so, absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, I'm seriously so proud of you. Congratulations on all the amazing things and, and really staying positive, you know, during this crazy time and it just yeah i kind of needed to hear that today so thank oh, you good. for sharing that good, yeah. good, good. thank you for taking the time yeah amazing so much love fear rain and and the other two films uh 2022 or 2021 uh 2021 and 2022 awesome so many more to become i love many it more. <laughs> yeah so much love okay thank you nice yeah. meeting you nice meeting you If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.